What's going on, Rangers Nation? It's Alex Plink with Dallas Sports Fanatic coming to you for Texas Rangers Fanatic Podcast, Episode 7. This time I remembered what episode we're on because I remember what week we're on. And I'm joined today by Chris Halleck of Sports Illustrated. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's no problem, man. It's, uh, it's good to, to have an off day and have a chance to, to relax a little bit and then talk some baseball. Uh, well, off day wise, better get comfy because it's pretty much going to be balls to the wall to the end of the yeah. year. Rangers have two more off days and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready for it. It's going to be uh, a lot of, a lot of covering the road games from the house and then going to the ballpark and then covering road games from the house and then to the ballpark and then just a bunch of back and forth, but I'm ready for it, man. I thought it was interesting because they it, Today's actually both the Rangers and Mariners, who the Rangers got done with. It's the Mariners' first off day of the season. And this is the wow. Rangers' fourth off day of the season. Wow. That's interesting. I, did, I, I honestly didn't, didn't even I, – I, I'm doing so much to pay attention to the Rangers. I'm not even looking at other teams right now other than what they're doing on the field. But, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense with the amount of games they played. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. And I've always kind of brought this up. Uh, they played – Texas has two more games – then teams like the Nationals and uh, the Brewers and the Blue Jays, all three of those teams have in common. They had games postponed due to COVID. They've mm-hmm. basically lost a weekend's worth of games. And so – Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the extra days are really early, uh, especially with the amount of them. I, I, I Honestly, from – I mean, you and I both have been on the Zoom calls, so I think we can both say that the, the players and, and probably the manager don't really like that many off days because he's had to tinker with the rotation uh, a number of times and you know two different times they've had a, an offensive explosion on the last game uh, of, a, of a series right before an off day and then they go out the first game of the next series and they kind of fall flat on their face a little bit so tough to, tar- to carry that momentum over and of course Wednesday night's game they you know have a five-run eighth inning score seven runs total and now they've got to go on the road now granted they are going to a very offensive happy ballpark so maybe that'll help the, the transition a little bit did you notice how willie calhoun his eyes kind of lit up knowing that yeah. <laughs> they're going to coors field this weekend yeah I, i'm interested to see uh because i know i know Derek dietrich doesn't uh he hasn't hit a lot of like 19 last year was the most he's ever hit in the season uh, but man, some of the home runs that he hits are just majestic. Uh, so I'm really interested to see if he gets a hold of one to see if he can like possibly put one as far as Joey Gallo likes to hit him. And obviously I like to see Joey, you know, uh, put one in, you know, probably hit one out of the ballpark, uh, there, you know, with the, with the spin air, but, uh, it's definitely going to be fun to, to watch some of these guys. Hopefully they can get their power stroke and, uh, out slug the, the Rockies because slugging has not been something the offense has done so far. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind is that the Rockies just got done with a series with Arizona, and you figure Arizona is not a slugging-type team. However, in that three-game series, Diamondbacks won two of three, 55 runs were scored in that three-game series. Arizona, (laughs) who's probably bottom 10 in slugging, scored 32 runs in that three-game series. That's No, and that's that's, – and again, like this could be the series that – but we've we've been saying that I'm not I'm not trying to be like the, the pessimistic guy because I'm usually optimistic, um, but I have to go off of what I see. Uh, and so far, we have not seen enough slugging. Uh, I mean, last night 
obviously nothing more than a double and there were more singles than doubles. Uh, so not a lot of extra base hits. Uh, now granted the new ballpark doesn't, uh, isn't giving you a lot of homers, but at the same time, you know, these, some of them are still finding their stroke. You know, Willie even said uh, he's not really swinging for power right now. He's just really trying to get past the anxiety facing lefties and <clears throat> doing a bunch of different things, trying to just trying to make hard contact and not necessarily trying to hit for power, um, which there is obviously a difference, but uh, it, it's good. It's good to see, you know, some of these guys starting to come around, but yeah, at the same time, they, they've got to, they got to start putting the ball over the fence a little bit more because, they're I think going into Thursday or Wednesday's game they were uh either like I think they were tied for last in offensive war or offensive b war uh that's a troubling stat uh, tied for last in the American League so that's a that's a troubling stat and one of the teams in the National League that was worse than them is is the Pirates and they just last I looked they were beating the Reds nine nothing in the second or third inning today uh so even some of those teams are having offensive explosions finally so the Rangers need to have one for sure well, you look at runs scored throughout the entire season, and you look at the company it's in. If I'm looking at the bottom 10, I mean, Cincinnati is about 20th, 21st. But when you look at down that list, most of those teams, and you're talking about runs scored, a numerical stat, not uh, not a percentage-type stat. So you're looking at teams that have had postponed games. I think Cleveland, they're tied with Cleveland, who's played two more games. They have had – I think the Indians are the only team that can really say that they've had more offensive struggles, but mm-hmm. you look at the Indians lineup compared to the Rangers lineup, Rangers have a lot of guys that have predecessed. They could get on base. They could mm-hmm. manufacture runs. They really haven't done that. And, you know, would you say maybe starting with a, you're going from an offensive heavy type ballpark to now you have a new ballpark, new dimensions that you're kind of maybe feeling it out and realizing that we may have to scratch, claw, manufacture runs, something that this team is not quite used to in the past. You think maybe that has something to do to kind of get a feel? Uh, honestly, I think that this team is built for, uh, for doing uh, things. Um, I, I think this team is built well to, to, do those, to do those kinds of things because they can. Sorry, my son has just barged into the room. Uh, this is life with young children. Um, so honey, can you come close the door? This is the, this it's is an the off day right here. It's an off this day for everybody right here. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. So, um, what we're saying, oh yeah. I, I think that this team is actually really good to, they do a, a, enough things to, to manufacture runs kind of the old school way. Uh, they're really aggressive on the bases. Uh, dude, Derek Dietrich, I, I don't remember the exact number of total stolen bases that he has in his career, but I think it's in the single digits. And he stole a base in his very first game of the Rangers. So um, he does – I don't know what the exact number was for his total career uh, off the top of my head, but I just – I know from looking at it, his numbers last night, uh, it, it, it's very not a lot. <laughs> And so the fact that he goes and steals the base, it just shows you how aggressive. Yeah, six. There you go. So, yeah, I I thought it was a single-digit number. So, yeah, it's – so he doesn't steal bases, and he steals the base the very first game. So I think that just goes to show you the philosophy, and if guys can buy in and do that, then I think that this team can manufacture more runs. And and, and that's not – that's you know, today it's all about the long ball. Today it's all about if you're not hitting home runs, you can't be successful. And I think that's – 
that's true to a certain extent. I think you you have to be able to do things a particular way whenever the game – like, for example, you know, if you go to another sport like the NBA, it's a three-point shooting league now. If you cannot shoot three-pointers at all, you're not going to win. You have to be able to shoot a little bit, at least a little bit, have two or three guys who can, you know, really, really hit from beyond the arc and, and in order to be successful. You can still have other styles of play, but you still have to be able to, to, to hit threes. Uh, you still have to be able to hit the, the ball in the ballpark in today's game. You just, you have to. Pitching is too good nowadays. Uh, and when I say pitching is too good, uh, they, the hitters have to face tougher pitching because you're not facing the same starter uh usually more than three times in a game uh because starters aren't going deep into games nearly as often uh there's a number of reasons that i could go into uh so yeah you have to hit home runs but i think that this team can do some of the other things to manufacture runs that isn't necessarily the trendy thing to do and would be considered the old school thing to do uh but i think they can do it uh i I think that's one thing where i'm a little more optimistic uh just definitely for the offense definitely need to see more power Well, it's interesting going back to Dietrich, because when you look at batting average wise, it's low, you know, I mean, there's no cookie cut around it, but when you look at his on base percentage, Mm -hmm. it's pretty respectable on base percentage. So you figure, Uh, does that remind you of another player on the Rangers? (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But here's the difference is Mm -hmm. you figure he doesn't walk as much. You know what happens? He gets hit. Very few players walk as much as Joey Gallo compared to, yeah, batting average on base percentage. He gets hit yeah. by a pitch, Dietrich does. Yeah. Yesterday was his 119th hit by pitch, which uh-huh. is tied for third all-time in active. Pitch. Well, yeah. That was, a, that, was, that was a hit by pitch. <laughs> well, we I mean, if they had – on that one. <laughs> I understand hey. they reviewed it. I, can, I still look at that with my own eyes, and I'm like, I'm sorry, that dude was not hit by pitch. I'm, I mean, for Rangers – No, fans, definitely. Rangers, I'll take it. For the Rangers' sake, I'll take it. But, you know – I don't know. Well, Look base hit or error, now. too, if you talk about yeah. uh, as far as scoring plays go on the ground. And if – I mean, they didn't do this, but Nick Solak's uh, four-base error, which I won't put in air quotes because I think it's a legit four-base error. But if yeah. that had stayed as a homer, would we say Nick Solak's first first homer? <laughs> uh, honestly, I think that one you can get away with doing either one. I think you can get away with calling that a home run because the precedent is that should that it should be a home run uh, based off of the rule and then uh, that's in the rule book and then based off of the precedent, which is the Conseco play, obviously. Uh, but uh, the interpretation that the that it should have been caught with, you know, I don't remember the exact term, but like uh, uh, ordinary effort. Um, I think that that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a good description of it. And so I think you can justify that as being an error as well. And I I think, you know, if I were to lean either way, it's it's an error. I mean, Nick Solog didn't hit that out of the ballpark. It was aided out of the ballpark and it was aided on a play. It's not like he was still running and trying to find it. And it just happened to hit his glove. He just stuck his glove up and, it just happened to bounce off. No, he like made a concerted effort to try to catch it, bounced off his glove and over the fence. So, yeah, I I definitely classify that more as a, as a as an error than a home run. Um, but then again, you could use the the other argument as well. So, it's just it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be the long winded debate. 
Yeah. It's going to be a season-long debate as if we didn't have enough things to debate about. And if, no, and if Nick Solak finishes his career with 299 or 399 home runs, not that I think that he's going to finish with that many, but let's just say he does hypothetically, and he's one home run short of uh, a huge milestone, that's going to that's gonna hurt a little bit. <laughs> we can go back in the past, five years, six oh, yeah. years. Let's go back and change the scoring. <laughs> and so, but yeah, no, I mean, with Dietrich, so, first on that all-time active leader hit by pitch, it's a tie because mm-hmm. he, he's uh, currently tied for third with Alex Gordon of the Royals. So, mm-hmm. number one on that list, you probably know who that is. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who would that be? Would well, be it's a, uh, uh, yes, and I was going to say Anthony Rizzo, too, because Rizzo's gotten hit six times this year, so... Yeah. He's currently tied with Chu I would, with, I yeah, believe, 151. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, I would think, uh, yeah, because Chu's been hit quite a bit. Uh, Starling Marte gets hit quite a bit uh, with Arizona now. Uh, but I remember his days in Pittsburgh, he he got hit a lot. I'd like to see his total number for hit by pitch because he, he, he crowds the plate a lot. Um, did a lot more watching on him whenever the Rangers were – tied to him in trade rumors and I was like man this dude gets hit by pitches so uh, but uh, man so if they if let's just say hypothetically the Rangers make a trade for Marte somehow this year they're going to have three guys on their team that can all be hit by pitch. First on the all time tied third tied for the all time Starling Marte is fifth in the all time yeah, he's got he uh, five away to tie a Dietrich and Gordon I knew he was up there he crowds the plate like crazy I think he actually missed some time because he broke his hand one time because he got hit. So, yeah. That's not surprising. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often for those types yeah. of guys. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but, hey, I mean, everybody, you crowd the plate, that's the risk you take. Exactly. That's why Ian Kinsler was hit quite a bit because he crowded the plate too. Mm-hmm. So we so let's even uh, ease in with Derek Dietrich because that was quite an, quite a show yesterday <laughs> for Dietrich in his first start. Now – you know, we kind of said that before with Anderson Tejeda and the impact mm-hmm. he made on the first game. Now he's on the alternative training site. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of an interesting thing because Danny Santana is eligible to come back. Mm-hmm. Don't know when that's actually going to be. And I wonder mm-hmm. with the way Dietrich played yesterday that if you do want to take a little bit more time to let Santana be a hundred percent because here's the thing first of all if santana comes you're gonna have to drop somebody on that yeah, roster you're gonna yeah you're gonna have to drop more than likely a position player um this is a really interesting situation obviously and i did write about it uh you know in, in response to to last night's to wednesday, wednesday night's game um going at it like it's not only dietrich that's putting pressure on on like guys like odor uh, and Andrews, you know, you have guys like Kiner Falefa who can play anywhere in the infield, um, uh, especially third base, obviously showing that. I think he could be a really, really good shortstop as well. And then obviously he could play a really good second base. Um, Nick Solak, you could put back in, in the infield. He can play second or first. Uh, Dietrich can play second or first. Uh, Todd Frazier can play first or third. Uh, Danny Santana, they've talked about wanting to bring him back possibly at first base. Uh, until he's until they're comfortable with him th- making the hard throws from center field. And I remember I even asked 
Chris Woodward on the Zoom, I was like, you know, you're mentioning all these guys for first base and only one guy can play there. Um, so obviously somebody's going to have to come out of the lineup. And so I'm really interested to see how he juggles the lineup because I think after Dietrich's performance, you kind of have to have him in there on Friday just to see. Uh, it's not the same situation as with Tejeda because Tejeda, that was his major league debut. Uh, right. He's never played higher than single A ball. Uh, so obviously, you know, there's not a lot on the guy. So it's not surprising when a lot of these guys who are making their major league debut, especially for guys who have not been seen, there's not even a lot on their minor league careers either, much less a major league career. But uh, for them to just come in and pitchers not know how to pitch to them and all of a sudden he's, raking and hitting home runs and doing everything like that so you know Dietrich's got a track record you know pitchers know how to pitch to him um it didn't matter what pitchers were doing on Wednesday because he was hitting everything and or he was getting hit uh and uh but either way he had a really good debut Uh, I think Chris Woodward would be remiss to not put Dietrich in the lineup somewhere whether he has him at second whether he has him at first or DHs or whatever uh I think you have to have him in the lineup just to see okay offensive ballpark he had a really good debut let's see what he's got let's see if he continues to produce because we need guys who can produce right now uh i think john daniel's quote about when we were asking him about dietrich and he says that you know mainly it was to bring in competition um that to me that's a that's a tell right there um that they're they're not going to come out and say yeah rugby's on the you know he's on the hot seat he's about to be done they're not going to say anything like that uh, I think unless they are absolutely standing behind like listen Rugonador is going to become a bench player now but even then that comes with certain that's going to come back you know come back to you know with certain things because he's he's under a he's still under contract you know through 2022 with a club option for 23 so you can't just sit somebody down who's exactly. been on the contract for this long who's had success in the past and people want to say that you know, and I'm not trying to go into an only Odor talk here, but his 2018 season was not that bad. 17 and 19 were terrible, but 18, he was a, I think he was an over two win player in, in 18. He was a, a finalist for the, for the gold glove at second base. 2018 was not a terrible. Right. Um, so let's not forget that he's two years removed from a pretty decent season. Uh, and right now with where the offense is a two win, you'll take a two win player right now. Um, and even in but, 2019 for Odor, I mean, it got, I mean, it got helped a little bit for a decent September. I mean, he, if you look at September, he actually yeah. had a decent September. So when you think about the overall end to 2019 the, and the year as a total, keep in mm-hmm. mind that, September was actually pretty good. And it's interesting because I brought this up when Solak was traded from Tampa Bay and came over to the Rangers. Solak came up in late August. If you notice, and I asked Chris Woodward this last year, if you notice, that's when Odor started to pick it up late August, Mm -hmm. September. And Mm -hmm. again, competition. Now we figured Solak staying put at second this season, they had, uh, they kind of changed that around having more in the outfield. So that may have, so that changed plans a little bit, but you're kind of going through that same motion again. And then yeah. at this point, it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, at what point do you just pull the plug? And like you said, he's under contract. So you can't exactly just, you know, clip, 
pull the plug and say goodbye. I mean, you yeah. still have to keep what you got. So I well, think, I think uh, just, just to interject something here, I think the Rangers, there, there are consequences, pretty severe consequences either way. If Rugnetador stays in the lineup and continues to uh, be this bad, his trade value just plummets. Mm-hmm. If the Rangers bench him, his trade value plummets. The Rangers want him and need him to get in the lineup and to hit. And I think that's what fans aren't thinking of because fans just want to say, just trade him, cut your losses. Um, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, but it's a lot easier said than done because if you just, you're still going to owe him money right. uh, through 21 and 22 if you just cut your losses. Uh, so that's not an easy thing to do, especially for a ball club or any ball club right now because of the coronavirus pandemic. So just, it's not, eating money is not as easy of an option exactly. as it was considered in the past. Um, the, the Rangers have had to furlough employees because of the coronavirus pandemic and, and people will debate whether they should or shouldn't have. I'm not here to, to, to do that. Uh, but either way, the Rangers are saying that they are in financial distress right now, that they've had to do certain things. So eating money, eating salary is not something that the Rangers are going to sign up for, you know, right away. They just, ideally, they need Odor to get in the lineup and to produce. Um, They're going to give him every opportunity to do so. And if the Rangers continue to stay in a playoff spot or stay close to a playoff spot in spite of Odor, then they're definitely going to keep him in the lineup because then if and when he finally starts to click, then it's just an extra addition to the lineup. So it's a really, it, I, believe me, I understand it's a very frustrating situation to have a guy exactly. who's been, who's in the fourth year of his contract and has not lived up to the contract, even in the 2018 year I was just mentioning, was not living up to the contract um, because his 17 year, 2017 year was just terrible. His 2019 year, even with a good September, was still a terrible year. Um, he's He's got to perform. He just he has to perform, and the Rangers need him to perform so that if they are considering to trade him in the offseason um, and trading him at the deadline, come on, nobody's going to take him on right now. Unless you're, again, unless you're willing to eat salary, nobody's going to take him right now. You're not going to be able to get uh, you know, some of the bottom-dwelling teams to take him on, you know, just whatever. It's not like he's an – if he were an expiring contract, it's a totally different situation. But you've got two more years of this guy. There's no there's no getting rid of him uh, right now. Uh, the Rangers need him to perform. So if they are considering trading him in the offseason, they have some sort of value there so they can try to get something back or they can unload the entire contract. And so that kind of brings in as far as roster spot goes, as in where exactly do you go? And mm-hmm. I think when you look at the lineups that are put in, you try to mix and match and try to not only – fulfill that aspect but then keep the guys who are hot and bring some momentum because offensive momentum has been hard to come by so if they do activate danny santana uh unfortunately who do you see is going to be the odd one out i'm trying to remember everybody uh, all the bench players on the roster um i mean i I feel like it's just going to be between uh rob ref snyder and scott heineman uh well yeah yeah i would probably say th- those two i i would hate for them to have to do that to ref Steiner because they they made a spot for him on the 40-man roster yeah. um 
so yeah, that would kind of that would kind of suck. But if they really feel that that Dietrich's going to be uh, a guy who can kind of fill that role, somebody who can play both positions that they have Ref Snyder for, which is first base and left field. Uh, the only difference is that Ref Snyder is a right-handed bat and, and Dietrich's left. Right. Uh, but if they feel like Dietrich can play that same role, and if they feel like Dietrich can can hit lefties good enough, or if they can because Odor's split against lefties are better than most left-handed hitters. Um, then, then maybe they they do cut their losses with Ref Snyder. I, I or, or or at least you know send them to the alternate trading site in terms of cutting loss. Uh, but Heineman, I I I think that 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 would be a mistake because Heineman's more versatile than right. Ref Snyder. Uh, you're talking about somebody who can play center field at any point. Uh, and right now the Rangers need people who can play center field, even with Danny Santana back. Uh, you still need guys to play center field, and I, I think having three legitimate options on the roster, you know, with Santana, with Solak and Heineman, I think that, so if it's between Heineman and Ref Snyder, uh, I would think Heineman stays and Ref Snyder gets, gets, uh, gets the boot. And that's, and that's assuming that this is going to be done within a few days. I feel like they're going to really draw this out and make sure yeah. that Danny Santana is, I don't want to say a hundred percent, but like in the 90 to hundred percent ready to go because right now, now if unfortunately Dietrich, really starting to struggle then mm-hmm. maybe you do make that activation and send him to the alternative training mm-hmm. site but right now i mean yeah you can if danny santana is going to be performing like he did last year then of course you want to bring it but i mean he's hasn't really shown that and so mm-hmm. i don't think there's any rush to bring him i think you kind uh-huh. of wait see if he can get everything if he can be back to 90 to 100 percent, and then you make that move because again, I I feel like there's no need to to rush him. It's not like you're waiting. You you have to have Danny Santana in in a center field option, or it's not like you're you're running thin as far as personnel goes. Well, Dietrich to me is a really interesting player for a number of reasons. But okay, he had 19 home runs last year. 17 of them were by June 1st. 17 by June 1st he his first two months of the season when he was healthy he was I mean, he his OPS was over a thousand uh he was batting I think his average was even 270 so for traditionalists who like to look at batting average first a 270 batting average with 17 home runs is very acceptable <laughs> um but he yeah his OPS is over a thousand um his defensive metrics had never been you know great but if he's producing that much on the offensive side uh you'll you'll take the you'll take the the defensive uh limitations i guess you could put um but Dietrich's really interesting to me because if he's healthy and there's every indication so far that he's healthy i'm really curious to see if he can replicate anything close to what he did when he was healthy last year with cincinnati because it was really whenever he started to have the the, the shoulder issues is when he I mean, all power was gone. I mean, like he had two home runs for the rest of the year after June 1st. So uh, all power was gone. The batting average went down. All the numbers went down. Um, but he's still a really interesting case to me. Um, and, and, yeah, he could be a game changer because not only if he produces the plate, but he provides an energy that this team needs. Oh, yeah. I mean, Todd Todd Frazier, uh, he, Dietrich's one of those guys that, uh, you love to have on your team and you hate to play against. And I would love to see Dietrich be on this roster when the Rangers start playing the Astros in September. 
because those series are going to be not just very important because right now it looks like if the Angels and the Mariners can't figure out their stuff, it's going to be between the Rangers and the Astros uh, for that second place spot in the American League West. And I'm telling you what, if you get a guy like Derek Dietrich who's going to be barking and, and, and chirping at all those Houston players, man, he's going to become uh, somebody who fans are going to want to induct in the Rangers <laughs> Hall of Fame before the season's over. Uh, and just ask Pirates fans how much they hate Derek Dietrich. Um, because not only did he terrorize the Pirates last year, but I've seen fans talk about him on Twitter and – they do not like the guy. They do not like the guy. They do not not like the fact that he uh, pimped every home run he had against them. Uh, they just they did not like the guy. Um, but again, it's one of those guys that you love to have on your team and you hate to play against. Uh, if he can produce, man, that can be a really valuable pickup. And then again, you know, what do you do with Santana? What do you do with Odor? What do you do? It just the the dominoes continue to fall at that point. So I just wanted to get in there really to point out that, listen, Dietrich can be a sneaky good pickup. You could also see the guy that, you know, he's been, you know, previous to 2019 who, you know, decent, you know, fine player, but nothing, you know, extra special. But what he did in the first two months last year was really special. So as a Pirates guy yourself, how did you feel about that signing? <laughs> okay, I grew up a Pirates fan, so I'll just – I'll put that out there. I grew up a Pirates fan – um, so I mean, the, the signing is the same. It's the same thing you know, right. when you look at look at things. Like, obviously, I saw what he did against the Pirates last year. Um, but I saw what he did last year in the first two months, regardless whether he's playing Pittsburgh or not. And obviously, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh play each other a lot. So, uh, and there was so much more to to anybody who watches baseball outside of the Rangers. The Pirates and Reds have been at each other's throats for the better part of a decade right now. Uh, and this goes all the way back to, I think, the 2013 wildcard game. Uh, and I think even before then. So I think that series before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's been – they've been at each other's starts for a long time. But I, I, just, I remember that 2013 wildcard with the Quelo champ. That's really, like, I think when, when that rivalry really took it to, to another – it went to another level. Um, so there was more than just the Dietrich stuff there. It's just – it was just another reason for Pirates fans to hate the Reds, honestly, I, I think, uh, more than anything. Um, and Pirates fans, believe, I, I can say this, growing up as a Pirates fan, as a Pirates fan, they have had enough struggle in their lives. For Pirates fans who are my age and had to live through the uh, losing streak from 93 through 2012, that is painful. <laughs> to have your team go – from 1993 to uh, 2012 and not have one season where you won at least 81 games. That's, that's painful. So So, the uh, funny, I don't want to make you sound old on there, but when they won uh, their first winning season, I was 22 years old Mm -hmm. and you had to go all the way back to when I was like two years old. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was, Let's see. The last time the Pirates won anything was 1992. Uh, I was five years old, and I was listening to the game on the radio in the car with my dad when uh, Sid Bream scored the game-winning run for the Atlanta Braves uh, in the NLCS. And so that was – and I remember that specific night doing that. So that was painful. Uh, I was actually at the game where the Pirates won their 82nd game. Uh, in 2013 because they were right here in Texas 
playing the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, and it was the first game of a three-game series, and I went to all three games because, you know, I've been living in – I've lived in Dallas since 2000. So, I've had, uh, you know, definitely an affinity for the Rangers living here this long. Uh, but, obviously, growing up a Pirates fan, I'm like, these are the two teams I've watched the most in my, in my lifetime. Uh, so, had to go there for that. Knew that history could, might, could possibly be made in one of those three games, and the Pirates ended up winning all three. So, um, which was not good for the Rangers, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that was, so Pirates fans have been through enough. So yeah, whenever they see things they don't like, uh, it, it just adds to that, to that, to that struggle. Uh, but Hey, Rangers fans have, have plenty to, to, uh, uh, to be upset about uh, coming obviously as close as they did to uh, a world series and have not won a world series in the franchise's uh, history. There's a lot for Rangers fans to be uh, upset about. And, and I understand the want, you know, to Hey, this might be a great opportunity to steal a world series. You know, I don't care if it has an asterisk. If you ask any, um, I would say majority Rangers fans, if they won the world series this year, are you going to really say that that world series doesn't count? Like, Serious, like as I, I would make, I would say it counts. Everybody yeah, I mean, everybody's given the same opportunity, yeah. so yeah. it's not like I mean, you know, if if I don't know what's going to happen with the St. Louis Cardinals and how their season's going to lay out yeah. based on what's going on, but I mean, you look at, you know, Miami still has to make up their games at some point, even though there are a lot of games to make up. Yeah, so I mean, I'd say whoever goes all the way. And with the way the playoff format's going to be, it's going to be a grind for everybody. Deserve it. Uh, breaking news for the Rangers. Um, Edinson Volquez has been placed on the 45-day IL with a right oblique strain. Oof. That's not good. No, that's that a, is that's not. A, that's, that's another a, hit. That's, a blow to the, that's another blow to the bullpen. So, uh uh, I'm tweeting that now, actually. So, uh, yeah, you can do uh, the, the wonderful uh, time, uh, that moment in time thing. Um, so this is recorded. Uh, it will be put later, but you heard it. We do yeah, breaking, breaking news, news here. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Just saw it come, come across my computer. Uh, Off right days. It, so. Off days are fun, man. Off, Off days. days. Off days oh, is a, for you. Off days is a dad. It just happened. Uh, my son barged in we the have, room. Uh, it just, it, I mean, I got a four-year-old and my, my daughter's going to turn two next month. So I got a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the, you know I, I, I cherish these days, you know, obviously as a baseball writer, uh, because, you know, you're covering games almost every single day. Uh, and I've had talks with, with some of the other uh, reporters, uh, some of the other, uh, you know, beat writers who have, done this for a long time and uh you just you cherish your moments that you can get with your family and so i've, I've been doing that and, and and trying to enjoy as much as i can um and my, my son's supposed to be starting pre-k uh this year and obviously everything's have to be virtual at, at the beginning mm -hmm. but uh, uh off days are fun uh for sure they're filled with uh <laughs> here in the hallock household they they're filled with uh, screaming kids and apparently breaking news coming across zoom call this is your first year covering the rangers right yeah, first year what, on the beach. Great, for, and, and great first full year. Full full transparency, first full-time job in, in sports journalism. So um, I've done a, a number of part-time things in the past, but uh, <clears throat> first full-time job in sports journalism, and it has to be uh, the 
COVID-19 pandemic year, of course. So don't they say that you uh, never forget your first? Yeah. Most people say, and there's definite reason I will never forget my first year uh, on, on a beat uh, for sure. So uh yeah i I even had one uh one fellow reporter say man if you can make it through this year you're golden so uh, i i I think with any of us i mean uh, yeah (laughs) having to you know for me having to do a full-time job and then covering the rangers you know it's uh everybody has a grind yeah yeah every and everybody's everybody's got from from you know, the guys who have been doing this for a long, long time to, uh, you know, the journalists who are, you know, you know, rookies or, uh, you know, people trying to trying to get their foot. Journalism is a very competitive field. Uh, you get your foot in the door almost any way you can. And that's the advice I would give to anybody is if you have an opportunity to get your foot in the door, get your foot in the door, make a name for yourself. Uh, let, let your, let your works uh, speak, you know, do the, do the speaking for you and, and don't, uh, don't get on Twitter and try to like brag or, or anything like that. Just no. let your work, let, let your work do, do the talking and that's how you're going to make it and develop relationships with people. I think exactly. having a really good work ethic and developing good relationships, good relationships with a lot of people uh, that can help you uh, go forward. So any, any aspiring journalists, those will be, I, I, and again, I haven't been in, in you know, like I said, <laughs> in my first full-time, full-time position. So I haven't been doing this a long time. Uh, but I've learned enough in just the short amount of time to say that getting your foot in the door is a huge thing. If you can get your foot in the door, absolutely do it. And then develop as many good relationships with people as you can. And then uh, just have develop a really good work ethic. Uh, always aspire to be better at everything that you do. Uh, I'm always looking to, to outdo myself uh, on from one story to the next. What can I possibly do to make even something as simple as a breaking news story. How can I make this more interesting for the reader? Uh, what can they possibly look for? Uh, and, and every writer has their own style. So uh, find your voice and develop a good work ethic, develop relationships, get your foot in the door. And I, I'd say that that'd be my advice. But listen to other people's advice before mine because they've been doing this longer than I have. Well, and the thing is, is that, you know, you have to be able to take constructive criticism. And I think a lot of us have that problem. Mm -hmm. For me, especially, you always worry about, and there's a fine line between, because I've always been somebody who has always been worried about what other people thought. That's one of the downsides Mm -hmm. on there. And ever since I've kind of started this, it's kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it, see what happens. You have common sense, so you use that. And... I mean, everything has been working out pretty well. I've met some some excellent people across the mm-hmm. way as well. And you know, as everybody knows, I mean, I'm rocking I'm rocking my uh, rainbow tea today, so I love it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you you get to develop those relationships not just with players, but with uh, fellow journalists, with organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has been incredibly great in the Rangers organization, and I you know I. I said this, um, I was going to say this last week and I did it, but I, I do want to give it up to all of the, uh, all of the teams, media teams in regards mm-hmm. to just this season, putting everything together. It's not hard. I, I, it's not easy. Let me yeah. say that. It's not easy. <laughs> I just want to make sure, or you can take away the not. It is not easy to do. And everybody's, you know, the flow there's some problems with there, but the flow, it's as good as you could be with media limitation. 
I think everybody yeah. is starting to adjust. So I do want to give it a little round of applause to all 30 franchises for yeah. um, adjusting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know, I know email inboxes are probably uh, getting lit up way more often than usual uh, just because of all the zoom meetings and everything like that. Cause even, you know, whenever, whenever we're playing the Rockies, you know, I was getting, you know, I'm getting emails from the Rangers left and right. I'm getting emails from the Rockies left and right. And same thing for every team that we played since then. So uh, it, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, they have, they've had their challenges this year for sure. Um, and, and, and honestly, journalists can make it hard because our job is to, is to push. Our job is to try to get as much access as we possibly can because we're trying to not all have to write the same exactly. exact story. Exactly. Uh, and that, that, that's, a, that's a challenge. Uh, and so that's a major challenge when you can't get in the clubhouse. Whenever you don't have access to uh, the players like you normally do or, the, or you know, other members of the organization like you normally do. Uh, so yeah, it's a very uh, tough year for for journalists, uh, not just in baseball, but all across sports. Um, you know, the NBA uh, and the NHL right now with their bubbles, and the NFL. I, I've talked to some of the other NFL writers here at, at SI, and man, they're they're like you know, they're asking me questions like, "Hey, what what's baseball doing right now?" And I'm like, and I'll, I'll tell them, you know, everything's Zoom calls right now. Um, and it just it has to be because we yeah. can't interact with the players because we got to keep the players healthy. Yep. You don't keep the players healthy. This, is the, 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 this doesn't exist. You to play. Yeah. So it's just it, it, it's a it's a temporary. I, I hope that it's a temporary thing. Obviously, um, obviously, when when things get back to work, I, I hope that everything gets back to normal like it should be, uh, like it has been in the past. Um, I think the biggest fear for journalists is that leagues will get complacent and be like, oh, this is a better way to do it. And all the journalists are going to raise their hand and be like, no, nope. not for us. <laughs> Might be easier for the team, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, there's no way to predict the future. I think, you know, and this, obviously the COVID-19 pandemic put everything in perspective, but I remember whenever I had just, I, I think I had just left spring training like a week beforehand. And that's whenever they, uh, Roped, like didn't allow media to get in the clubhouse anymore and i was talking with like fellow reporters were like this is this is this is gonna make our job insanely difficult this is before everything got shut down this is before leagues got shut down everything and we're like how are we gonna do our jobs like we can't all tell the same story uh and so we've had to find a way to navigate that during this time and uh you know, you work your magic, you uh, develop relationships, you do everything you possibly can to, so you're not, you know, having to churn out the same exact stuff that everybody else is turning out. So again, it's finding your, finding your own voice. And even if you're writing about the same subject, find your own voice, be unique, exactly. uh, bring a different perspective, make, make your work interesting. And that's something I aspire to do every day. So. Exactly. We're all different personalities. So there's, yeah. there's always a different way to put something in perspective. Let's yeah. go uh, to finish this out. Let's go a little bit of a, a more lighter stuff. So the one thing though, I am a little disappointed. I don't know how they're going to do this at Coors Field, but um, you always, I don't know if you've watched any Rockies games in the past at home, but mm -hmm. Charlie Blackman, it's walk up song. Mm -hmm. You're loved by the outfield. <laughs> so what they do, what the fans will do, is you know how I have the chorus. And so when they're singing the chorus during the song, you'll have the, and I'm 
may try to sing. I mean, it's not going to be pretty, but you'll have the entire crowd yelling love when that comes. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to do on there. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that they kind of worked it in, but again, it's not going to be authentic, yeah. but I'm wondering as far as uh, walk up music, is there anyone that, that sticks in your mind as far as just anything in general? Derek Dietrich was uh, filled in the air tonight by Phil Collins. That See, was, I didn't was, hear it yesterday, and and yeah. I, I kind of – I heard as some, but I, it was very faint. Yeah, as soon as I heard it, uh, I was just like, okay, I like this guy a little bit more now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, feel it on the air by Phil Collins, and uh, I don't think it was quite at the – like the – yeah, I don't think it was quite at that part. Still, it was, a, it was at a great point of the song. It was – you know, that's one of those songs that as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, that's feeling feel in the air tonight. Yeah, you just you know it's just one of those songs. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, the Todd Frazier with the Sinatra, yes, uh, is another one uh, that that sticks out. And uh, Elvis not using Baby Shark uh, is uh, I, I I didn't have to go through that last year uh, because it's not that the- bad. I don't know why people were complaining, but it wasn't that bad. You don't have young children. Oh, okay. I have young I can't. children. I'm, I'm not a part of this conversation. All the time. I hear it enough here. I don't want to hear it whenever I go to the ballpark. And I was fearing, I, I understand why Elvis does it. And the reason why he does it is a wonderful reason. If it makes you think of your child, that's, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. It puts you in the right, right, right frame of mind before you, before you, you know, step in the box. You know, absolutely. Okay. Do whatever you want. That doesn't mean the rest doesn't of the put it doesn't put you in the right frame of mind. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I'm I'm thankful for that because like I said, I was I was almost preparing like I think if he sticks with Baby Shark, I'm just gonna prepare myself for it, and uh, that hasn't been the case so far. And you know, I don't know. We'll see. I liked uh, last year on July 4th when Willie Calhoun pulled out the Miley Cyrus party in the USA. It's still it's <laughs> still amazing. <laughs> it's too bad they didn't play a July 4th here again. I was hoping that maybe he would have done there. And then nothing is ever going to top 2011 Mike Napoli and the Emily Jones bet. Ranger fans wow. will remember this one uh, <laughs> with the Miami Heat and Dallas Mavericks NBA finals were yeah. uh, in his third at bat. First at bat was a uh, right said Fred. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot what the second at bat was. And third at bat was Shania, Tra- Shania Twain, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. <laughs> yeah. Mike I Napoli. Think I remember that. Yeah, I think I, re- yeah, I remember the, the uh, Shania Twain one. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I don't know um, what would have happened if uh, – I got I to gotta maybe ask Emily on this, but I don't know what would have happened if the tables were turned. I don't know what the uh, wager was if the Heat had won yeah. and she would have lost. I don't know anything about that, but that, that, that would definitely be an interesting interesting uh, answer to, to find out. I don't know. She uh, probably – I don't even know if she remembers. She it's moot mo- <laughs> point. She might just be like, doesn't matter. We won anyway. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I can't think of any other uh, walk-up songs that, that really – What would be yours? Out to me. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's a few different ones. Uh, I, I think I would go more of the rock, uh, to try to get myself pumped up. So uh, I could go a number of different ways, uh, go with a breaking Benjamin song, or I could go a little bit more aggressive, uh, with maybe like, uh, like a kill switch engage, something like that, like more on the metal side. Um, 
if I wanted to go the hip hop route, probably NF would pr probably be my, my first choice with hip hop. So uh, I think I'd go the rock, the rock route. And if I had to choose, you know, I'm going to go off the grid just so I can push the song a little bit. Um, there's this band, it, it's a side project of two different members of uh, Killswitch Engage. It's called Times of Grace and they have a song called Live and Love. Uh, and it's a really good song. I recommend it to everybody. So uh, just to push that song, that would be my walk-up song. I'm in between a couple, and it's one where it's like crowd interactive, where mm -hmm. it plays well in the stadium. I remember David Murphy had that, uh, especially back in 2013. I think that was the last time. Oh yeah, did. I do remember. I do remember his. His yes. was uh, um, uh, where I belong. By yes, Bill. yes. And they did a contest. I think it lost though. I think it came in second um, mm -hmm. to you, Darvish, because you can't beat you, Darvish's soldier. <laughs> you. Boy. Yes, yeah. you can't beat Soldier Boy. I don't know if he still does it with the Cubs. Yeah, I'm hoping good. he does. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't heard anything about that. But I hope you might hear my daughter in the background right now. So that's okay. <laughs> off days. Off days but, at home. But uh, still, one. I I don't know if I would go with like a crowd interactive or if I would go maybe on a troll. I don't. Know. I, I have were, no idea. No, I would definitely. I would not. I'm not mean enough to do it to to do a troll. So I would. I would definitely go more the route you're a little of, like, taylor if, swift no <laughs> no i would not be i would not be trolling anybody <laughs> uh no I, I i think you know the sports that i played like i play hockey on a regular basis and when i'm playing i'm very serious uh, i'm very competitive so uh i think that if i were a baseball player or uh, a softball player which too many softball players take it way too seriously but whatever uh i've been i've been there i've played softball with those guys uh, but, uh, no, I, I would definitely be more the serious round trying to get something to pump myself up. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess if you're Mike Napoli, be... he didn't have a good game, uh, in that 2011 instance, I guess the good news is if he had a fantastic game, he would have had fantastic. to keep going. Yeah, he might've had to, but it didn't matter. He, he could do very little wrong that year. That was one of the, one of the better offensive performances in Rangers history for a player. So that was, that was a great year for him. Well, that? we will uh, see what's going to happen in Denver this weekend. Rangers will be heading to Colorado to take on the Rockies, who lost their first series uh, this past week against Arizona. And then a weird schedule because they'll come home for two against San Diego, then go to yeah. San Diego, the mm -hmm. lovely two-and-two back-to-back series, which are the most fun, I'm sure, for players and managers to have. Outside oh, yeah, of, I'm sure. Outside and of Monday, think... Thursday off days. <laughs> I don't think Charlie Blackman's gotten out since the since the Rockies left uh, Arlington. Uh, obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Yeah, when like I heard that he was hitting 500, and I think about that opening weekend, I was like, he was like, he was like one for I, I put it out there. I think it was like one for 14 or something like that. He had one hit in a three three game series. So I don't remember exactly what it was, but he had like one hit, and I'm like, how is this dude batting that high? He he just had to have not gotten out this entire time. So we'll see if the Rangers can retire him at all. We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, Chris, absolutely a pleasure for you joining on here. Again, you can follow Chris at Chris Halleck. Uh, that is H-A-L-I-C-K-E. As you yeah. and I both know last names. I mean, yeah. you've had your share of misspelled last names. I've oh my had gosh. my share. Misspelled, can, mispronounced. Just, can, just think – you know, I might even start it. Start something. Uh, I'll just uh, just think of it. You know, instead of saying smart Alec, just say smart Halleck. 
That's uh, perfect. Put it that way. You know what? That, I might start naming. You and I could have a whole hour right. discussion of how people misspell our names. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know who might have more mispronunciations. That might be fun to figure out one day. Uh, but I definitely have. I can think of six off the top of my head. So. Yeah, the I can funniest think of. One, um, the funniest one's Halik. That's the funniest one. Uh, so the funniest one's not actually me. It was my brother who actually had his, uh, had his eighth grade yearbook. They misspelled it. Um, oh no. Blink. Oh no. With no C. No. I'm like, how, how do you, how do you mess that's, up that bad? That's, that's a very, I think I've had a, very... I, I think I've had a government letter sent to me that was misspelled too. Oh, Wow. Yeah, the government should not be messing up names. They should just have that right there. Just copy and paste it, man. Hey, if it's if it's anything that I have to pay, I'd say that that's not me. <laughs> Get it right, <laughs> but that that's not me. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but uh, you can also uh, follow uh, Chris on Sports Illustrated with the Inside the Rangers column on Sports Illustrated. And uh, if you want to follow me, because, you know, you have nothing else better to do, you can follow me at aplinktx, A-P-L-I-N-C-K-T-X, on Instagram at aplinktex. And if you want to listen to this podcast and any other previous six podcasts, because, again, you've got nothing better to do, it is available on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, wherever you want to listen to, it is available for you. Because we, everybody's, most people are working from home and want to maybe listen to some soothing or some nice baseball talk, there should be no reason why you can't plop it in and, I don't know, maybe fall asleep with it. It's a good, it's a good, good night story. <laughs> Chris, appreciate the time and uh, we'll see what happens this week. And I'm sure this won't be the first time we'll be chatting it up with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Rangers Nation. We'll be back with